Welcome to the Waitressing to Wealth podcast, the podcast to gain actionable tips, learn how to build your wealth, and gain inspiration from real and relatable guests on how they've built theirs. I'm your host, Jolene Stone, a money coach. I started my journey out waitressing and $200,000 in debt. I was able to build my wealth and become debt-free in just three years. Your journey to wealth starts now. Oh, welcome, Bridget. Bridget Eileen Cisco is the founder of the Exalted Publishing House, a podcast host and a sales and messaging coach. She helps successful entrepreneurs stand out and be featured as a leader in their industry through sharing their powerful stories. Her mission is to amplify the voices of powerful entrepreneurs entrepreneurs who are ready to elevate their business, become published authors, and public speakers. Bridget also hosts a live interview series called The Gathering Movement, which you should definitely check out, where she has interviewed over 50 entrepreneurs, TEDx speakers, authors, thought leaders, and visionaries who are here to uplift humanity. Bridget is herself a two-time best-selling author and has been featured in Authority Magazine, on Ticker News, News 12 New York, numerous five-star podcasts, and has created hundreds of videos for her YouTube channel, growing Facebook groups, and Instagram. Welcome, Bridget. I am so happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We've known each other for a couple of years now, too, so like yeah. so cool to see the evolution. Yes, for sure. It was like 2000, what would it have been? 2018 when we first met each other. And it's been so cool to follow your journey online and connect every now and then. It's been quite the roller coaster for sure. And being supportive of each other has been such a luxury. I agree. Yes. So I would love for you to let the audience know how you got started on your spiritual journey and then how, what led you to what you're doing now? Like how, how was that progression? Yeah. Okay. So my spiritual journey, it really began with illness, but I didn't realize that that was the beginning of the spiritual journey until many, many years later. Um, So the quick synopsis is when I was about 15 years old, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease and was just so frustrated by going to doctor appointment after doctor appointment after doctor appointment after doctor appointment. And what I started to do was do my own research. I don't advocate as Google as your doctor, by the way, but it led me down a lot of rabbit holes on holistic healing, on food as medicine, on yoga, on spirituality, on Ayurveda on different ways to heal my body than I was taught. Now I started to go down that that route, but I had a pretty normal rest of high school, normal college. I was very social, active, somewhat of a party goer myself. And it wasn't really until after I graduated college, uh, I quit my job in New York City that I wanted to become a yoga teacher. And that was when like, I was re-emerged in the spiritual world of understanding really who I was, understanding my connectedness to source or God or spirit or universe, however you want to put it. But really the journey, I always say like, as soon as we open one door, there are like five more doors behind it. (laughs) So yes, Lyme disease was the first way I entered this world of realizing that there was more for me and more to who I 
was or who society told me I could be. But then my yoga journey really allowed me to go deeper and deeper, become yoga teachers, trained in many modalities, become a holistic health coach, all that jazz. And it just kind of kept going and kept going and kept going. Yes, I love that. And the way it expanded for you has just been like literally doors and doors and doors. (laughs) So many doors. And it's not to say that those doors were not without like nervousness or fear or all of those things because those have absolutely been there the entire way. (laughs) Yeah. So jumping off of that, before you started on your spiritual path or like made this full on decision to become a yoga teacher and go the spiritual route, did you find yourself getting a lot of pushback from going into that unconventional direction or did you find that because it was more like oh yoga teaching was more (laughs) known and not like a absolutely unconventional direction it's a good question Uh, my dad is an entrepreneur and he's had a wealth management business for my entire life so I would say that my dad and my mom they've always pushed me my brother and sister to do whatever we wanted to do So in our family, it was never like, you must be the banker, you must be the finance person. I was really guided to what felt good. So I I had a corporate job where I was working in New York City, working in sales, doing cold calling sales, which I'm actually very grateful for that experience because it helps me so much in what I do today in my business. But I knew it wasn't for me. Yeah. So when I told my parents I wanted to quit, I wanted to travel, I wanted to become a yoga teacher, they were like, There was no pushback. Uh, No one said you're making the wrong decision. And at that point, I think people could tell that I was who I was. I wasn't going to be changed by society's expectation. And I'm sure some people were like, what is she doing? You know, yoga teachers don't make any money, which, you know, we can go into that too. But I didn't receive too much pushback. So that was really helpful because I know for many entrepreneurs to make this first leap into doing something on their own and going down an unconventional path is scary AF. Yeah. Do you think that because you were already or your parents were already entrepreneurs and already like okay with that and because you had a lot of confidence, do you think that really helped you like project your path forward or? Absolutely. And you know, the one of the challenges I did have is when I met my husband, because his entire family, not challenge, but a, a different perspective is when I met my husband, everyone in his family is highly successful, but works nine to five, works the corporate job. And it was never, they didn't see people doing like what I'm doing. So part of this was probably my own like internal shame and fear and guilt to work through. But it was really interesting being in a amidst and amongst many people who weren't doing this thing. Mm -hmm. So I will say that my parents really helped me, but I have had many experiences where I didn't feel like I totally fit in with what everyone else was doing. Yeah. And that can be so hard too, especially in like the online space and like the spirituality space too. And just the fact that you had the both experiences, I think that really helped you to succeed and is helping you today. (laughs) I think so too. And I would say for anyone, we live on this polarity planet where we're really gifted with both sides of everything. And if I were to only have had just my parents, I wouldn't have understood the other side of things, right? Like my parents were always like, yeah, shoot for the stars. Like anything you want to do is possible. Like that was always the mindset and mentality. 
and to be around other people who didn't quite have that mentality allowed me to go deeper within myself and say, you know, what's going on here? Why are you feeling shame around people who think differently? So there was a lot of internal navigating, I would say during those early parts of our relationship. Yeah, for sure. Do you think that because you had a spiritual background and you were taught in all these different modalities that it actually helped you navigate those situations or? Yes. And I don't know why this book always comes to me. Have you read The Four Agreements by Don Ruiz? Yes. That's like my favorite, like foundational book of anything spiritual because it's just so simple. It's like the most base level things of understanding who you are in relation to others, right? Don't make assumptions. Like, understanding everyone's perspective is their own and to like allow that to be so so yes having the spiritual foundation was extremely helpful to work through some of my own self-doubt um that i was feeling as i started to expand into my own business and be around people who weren't doing the same thing yeah like just such a strong, strong spiritual foundation, right? So I would love to hear your opinion and thoughts uh, surrounding the spirituality of money. Yeah, this is such an interesting, interesting topic. Um, And to give you and your community a little bit of a backstory, my family, I grew up with everything. I, my family, everything was provided for, let's just say. Um, I had jobs at an early age, but lack of money was not a topic in my family. What has come into my perception and awareness was having shame and guilt for coming from a family that had more than others and feeling bad of why did I have this experience. So for me as an entrepreneur, it's been moving through a lot of shame and guilt of my upbringing to then move into, well, what does money mean for me? What is my relationship with money? Um, How do I want to interact with money? You know, what is important as it relates to money? So I do believe that we all have a relationship with money and a lot of it can be shaped on our upbringing and the society that we are brought up in and who we, we spend time with. So I, I think for everyone, we go through this, our own process, especially as we grow older and especially as we begin to start our own business and begin to make money for ourselves. Oh yeah, I'm getting chills because we have to like redefine that relationship for ourselves and say, well, what does this mean for me? You know, how do I want money to feel for me? Not regardless of what it looked like in my life. Yes. Those are such valuable questions to ask yourself too. Just like whatever situation you're in or your relationship, sorry, with money is such a powerful and incredible relationship that you need to have in order to grow and flourish and earn more money and like step into a new level of yourself too. So I'm so happy you brought that up. (laughs) Thanks. You know, it's interesting because I haven't vocalized too much about having shame around having money. And that's a whole other conversation for, for many people where we feel bad to show people that we have money but it's something everyone wants. It's such a weird dynamic. And it excites me that you're doing the work you're doing because we need to have these deeper relationships with money, which to me represents like resources. It represents like base level needs. It represents energy, represents, represents so much. And although I'm a very spiritual person, I believe that money is important. Yes, 
what do you believe surrounding the energetics of money? So do you believe that there is an energy behind money? I know in a lot of spiritual practices and um, I know a lot of spiritual teachers who actually just believe money is energy and not really a tool. So where do you fit on that spectrum of your belief surrounding the energetics of money? I do believe money is energy. And what's really interesting is my business has grown and money in my business has grown. There becomes this new energetic capacity to hold and sustain the energy of money. Um, have you read the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill? Yeah, yes, of course. Like, <laughs> he talks a lot about the, the energetics behind all of this and like expansion. Um, with money because it does change it elevates something it's so you know I'm, I'm struggling to even put words to it but yes I believe that there are energetics related to money yes I do believe that our capacity to hold um, is important as we grow our businesses because some people will make a lot of money at once and it becomes this overwhelm to the nervous system because we aren't like primed and patterned to hold that level of quote-unquote success such an interesting concept too because you think back to like that common statistic where the people who win the lottery just lose it all and that could just like very well be they don't have that that priming to hold it there's like other reasons obviously like managing money and stuff like that right, right. but like to not be able to hold that money because their system just isn't primed is such a cool concept to even just consider yeah, I, I like that you do bring in the, the tangible aspect of this too, because there is like a, um, just a 3D way that we have to look at this. Like if you're making a lot of money all at once and you have no idea um, how to invest the money or how to pay yourself or how to pay someone else, and then you just, you know, spend all the money that you just made. Like there is some uh, strategy and deeper knowledge that does go into expanding in your monetary awareness and business-wise making more money but yeah I do believe there's a whole energetics to it too which is fascinating yeah. to me it's fascinating yes like so good <laughs> yeah I think that it's like a combination of both in it I feel too that it really is your awareness too so say that person who won that huge lottery and now are, is in this huge amount of abundance. Maybe they are like not in a good spot spiritually, but then they also aren't in a good spot to like properly manage too. So just so interesting to even think about and consider. And then also asking yourself the question of where are you standing on the spiritual side and how well are you managing strategically too? So I know you work with a lot of spiritual coaches and wellness entrepreneurs. Have you noticed anything in regarding their finances and how they speak differently about money in comparison to other online entrepreneurs? I love this question. Yeah, there is a deep spiritual belief that we shouldn't be talking about money. I don't know where this started. Um, well, I do have some ideas, but I won't go too far into that now. A lot of the women that I work with are scared to talk about money in their business. They're scared to vocalize how much their programs are. Like that would be the best example. Mm -hmm. uh, I use a lot of live video and how I help people. And a lot of them are scared to say that number. Or even when you go on a sales call, they're scared to say the number. 
but we have it's our relationship with that number the number is just a number like it doesn't really mean anything unless we define it as such so there is this deep embedded belief that like money and numbers are icky if you work in the spiritual realm and part of my work in working with these women is to get them comfortable with money because this is my idea if more spiritual conscious leaders and entrepreneurs were making more money doing the things that they loved here to impact society in the greatest way ever. I always remind people, we're not selling McDonald's burgers here, everyone. Like we're trying to um, connect people to consciousness. <laughs> we're trying to start businesses that help and heal people. Imagine more of these leaders were making more money. Money can redirect the flow of consciousness. This world could look different. Yes, that is so powerful. <laughs> yeah, so do you think it's more of like a societal belief that like talking about money is icky in that sense? Or do you more feel like because it's spiritual that it's like more of an energetic exchange in that sense? I feel like maybe what? a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. And you might be able to answer this if you work with more men also, but because I work with more women, women tend to shy away from numbers, anything like numbers, strategy, uh, that doesn't game plan, that doesn't seem to be like our comfort zone naturally, which it's funny because it's a lot of mine. Like I'm very pitta, I'm very focused, I'm very driven. I like numbers, I like money, but it wasn't always that way. So I do believe there's a little bit of society that says like, as women, you know, we're not meant to talk about the money. Like that's a man's mm -hmm. game, right? The men are better yeah. at negotiating their salaries, which most men are more willing to negotiate their salary than women, like that's been studied. So mm -hmm. there is a little bit societally. And then I do believe in the spiritual world, there is still this idea of being uncomfortable, asking for money and having people pay you for your services. Yes. And it could also come from a place of like the masculine, masculine and feminine, like the who, what are they embodying the most at that time? Because if you have totally. someone who is very masculine, they're like, yes, I'm going to talk about the numbers. Yes, I'm going to do this <laughs> and negotiate, right? So yeah, I think we have this ability to find this delicate dance and balance with both because to only be focused on numbers and money hungry, we can burn out, we can overdo it, we can go on overdrive and like leave people in the dust, you know, forget about our morals, forget about our values, which is what we've seen in a lot of the business world and people who have a lot of money, they've left people in the dust, right? Because they were so focused on the money. But if we aren't talking about the money, like we need to bring that into the equation. And one of the best things about, I believe, women in general, and this is more like the feminine because whatever you identify as, this is more like the feminine aspects of creativity, of flow, of connection, of um, introspection. We need both in business. So yeah, I love that you bring up this kind of merging of both. Yes. So jumping off of that, do you find that charging their worth and putting a monetary value of something that is like energetic healing or breath work or the other modalities is harder for spiritual entrepreneurs just because they're not willing to talk about the money? Or do you think it's more along the lines of this is not something common and there's not like a standard rate? So for example, there might be a standard rate for how much a business coach charges, but there's not really a standard rate in the same way for like someone who offers breath work. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's also a good question. 
what's coming to me is I think it depends on where someone's at on their journey. Because in the beginning, when we're starting any of this, yeah, it's highly uncomfortable. And Hmm. I'm trying to think back when I started coaching. So I became a holistic health coach in like 2017. And you had to put a price on your sessions and your offerings. And I was like, I have no idea. I think I charged like $75 a session or whatever it was. And it was very challenging. There's a two pronged part of this. Part of it's the imposter syndrome of I've never done this before. So I'm extremely nervous. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Is someone really going to pay me? Like, no way. Is that really going to happen? And then there's the second part, which is I think, yeah, we just don't know what the number is to put on these things. Um, I see this less and less in my business now because the women that I'm working with have typically been in business now for like two plus years. So they've gone through some of those growing pains of what do I charge? And now they're really ready to just like elevate their business in, in new strategic ways. But yes, it is something that I struggled with personally, how to put a price on my services. And to be honest, it's not a one size fits all thing so it's hard for me even to give like advice on (laughs) what you would do because I think it does depend on you your background your expertise your niche like your market um, how comfortable you feel talking about it there's a lot of different factors I think that go into this yeah especially like the confidence piece too and how comfortable they are about talking with their money like in general and also on the same side of that is how comfortable they are with their expressing that they're offering these certain modalities too yeah oh that's just made me think of something one of the ways that I work with a lot of people is through the voice whether it's through like live video through podcasting and helping people prep for these types of um, talks and one thing that someone can do who's listening to this is they can record themselves like grab their phone and pretend they're on a sales call or doing a live video and they can say something like yes the price is 999 stop and i remember this when i worked at yelp in new york city we had to we practiced these scripts of like saying the price and then you give space so the person because sometimes when we overwhelm the person that we're trying to sell something to uh, with, you know, this is why it's good, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the person on the other side of the phone is like, this person know what they're talking about. You say it with confidence and conviction. So I'd highly recommend people record themselves and practice a couple of different numbers and just see what they can embody and like what's kind of the tip of that um, threshold and maybe yes. go there. That's such a good point too, because once you stop and give the space, then you're actually giving them time to process and think about the price and think about all the things that you just said too. So that is such a good tip. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) These spiritual entrepreneurs, do you believe that they might find it harder to desire money because of those same connotations that, that shame and guilt around making money that maybe you have felt in the past? Or do you feel like maybe it's just the current society? Yeah, it's always like the mixture of all of it, right? I'm such a gray area person, I'm never (laughs) black and white. So to me, the first thing that comes to mind is if you are the person who perceives all wealthy individuals as like evil, I would start to find and like purposely pick out people in your life or maybe that you want to emulate who have a lot of wealth that are maybe donating to charitable causes. They maybe have hired a whole team and you know they're making money, but they're making impact. Like it feels really good. I would invite you into like their world and into their space and into their energy so that you can like reprogram that thought for yourself. That would be number one. And 
number two, I really think if we come back to our mission with money, like if we start to get really comfortable with verbalizing what we want to do with the money that we make and the money that we desire and just being open about our desires about money, I think that we can change a lot. Oh, I want to share this because this might help your listeners. At the beginning of the year, I did this um, manifestation game, essentially, where each day, you might be familiar with this too, each day you get a dollar and then say $2 and then $4 and then it keeps doubling every single day up to like a million dollars. But each day you have to write what you would do with that amount of money and you have to use the entire amount. This would be great for some of your clients. And it was amazing because what started to happen was, you know, the first couple of days you're going through like your base level needs. I'm going to pay my rent. I'm going to pay my mortgage. I'm going to, you know, buy my husband a car base level. Then you have to start to get creative of what you would do with money. Oh, I'm getting chills because most of us desire money, but we don't actually know what we would do with it. Yes. Like we don't know. We, we don't understand or so part of this game was we had to look up stocks and we had to actually pretend like we were investing in those stocks and, you know, writing down the stock price, ask, uh, writing down how many shares, it got your gears going. And I would highly recommend this for anyone who has a weird relationship with money, because a lot of the times you're, you think you're not desiring it, but you don't even know what you would put. You don't even know what you would do with the money. Yeah. So like conceptualizing it, right. And putting it in real terms, because some people don't even can't even think about themselves not even being in debt so like oh I'm so glad you shared that game that's so amazing I actually haven't heard of that game so there's another one that I've heard of that is like the same yes yeah but called the same thing so that's so fun I'm sure they had so much success with it too because once you get into that space and that like feeling and everything then you can you're at a different level <laughs> like all absolutely. around spiritually absolutely. and strategically and this is we have to bring it back to like the energetics here because I played yeah. this game beginning of January and it went on for I think 40 days or maybe beginning of February I hit my first $25,000 in sales for that month playing this game no joke because I believe that my energetic capacity and my my uh, vision of like what I would do with that money started to expand so more started to come into my space not only that my husband works as a conductor for our like local railroad here he's not really able to make more money unless he gets a student and while we're playing this game he had students every single day while we're playing this game it was so magical so magical it was about like sitting in the energy of money and reception of money oof Oof. oh so good that's such a good practice too like you could continuously play it too you have to go back to it yes (laughs) I think so so how have you found it personally in your business to make money doing all the amazing work that you do do you think it's harder easier about the same as your previous profession in New York or the world of work in general I would say the beginning, I definitely struggled through my entrepreneurship journey. I was trying to find my voice. I was trying to find my niche. I was trying to understand how I can bring my past experience and my gifts together, which let's not sugarcoat this experience. For a lot of us, that's what this looks like. Like for a lot of us, that's what this looks like. It's not just one day you quit your job and all of a sudden you're making $25,000 a month. I mean, maybe that happens for some people, but I'm just going to be flat out with people that wasn't what it looked like for me at all now 
what has helped is consistency and like staying in the energy of the big vision. Like I have a big goal. Okay. I'm going to make a million dollars by X date. We stay in that vision and we just show up day in and day out. And there's going to be moments where you don't want to. So to answer your actual question, um, <laughs> has month, has making money been easy as an entrepreneur, um, compared to working in sales? It's just so much more rewarding. I hated my job. I hated my job. I was so stressed every single day and making sales, doing advertising sales, not even comparable to making a sale with someone who I get to actually work with in a much more intimate way these days. So not even comparable. And I would say that making money in the beginning was challenging, but once you find your groove and once you start to build and strategically plan and have the energy and energetics in place, making money, I believe is actually easy. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, so helpful for all of our listeners too to have this real relatable conversation that isn't just like I made a million dollars in my first 30 days of, of business entrepreneurship like, what were you doing behind the scenes if you made a million dollars in 30 days like yeah. you had to be growing something and remember that there's never an overnight success like we think no. they're an overnight success but there's so much going on behind the scenes that you've never seen yeah or or you didn't even know about that before <laughs> like yep. Oh, exactly. And I love that you brought up the fact that it's so rewarding too. Like you're making such an impact and it's so fulfilling to you. So that makes me so proud and so happy for you. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, so I would love to know if you have uh, any tip for your tips for our listeners uh, regarding your finances, maybe something that you wished you had learned sooner, or I know you've given so many tips already, but is there one thing that looking back, you're like, oh, I just, I wish I would have known that struggling to come up with an answer for it. money tips get a good credit card where you can get some points as you have some business expenses <laughs> yes I love that it's so important to just being mindful to always pay your bill and yes. 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 being smart with it for sure so I know that you have an amazing virtual workshop coming up podcast pitch like a pro and rock the show like you're doing right now on this podcast so I would love for you to let our listeners know what it's all about what they can expect and how they can register well yeah well I love podcasts I'll just give everyone a very short story of why and this is like yesterday the story happened husband and I were going to go to this concert for Satsang Satsang the band if you know them um and it's like local New Jersey. We were like, yeah, we should go, but we didn't buy. We were just like, yeah, okay. Yesterday we're listening to a podcast where he was a guest. And I paused the podcast midway through and I'm like, holy shit, I wanna buy a ticket. Like I like him, so I wanna buy a ticket. And what I talk about a lot and everything I do and what I'll talk about in this workshop is how being on a podcast and just being yourself is a way to position yourself in front of a completely new audience and ultimately persuade someone into a buying decision without feeling like you're selling anything. I have bought so many things from people I've listened to on podcasts because I'm like, I like them. They told me about their life, their story. Like I, I get them. And that's really what I wanted this workshop to come across. It's me with a PR strategist who's a dear friend of mine. She'll teach everyone how to actually pitch podcast producers, pitch their shows, 
um, how to strategically like position yourself as the expert when you're talking um, about pitching yourself to shows. And then I'm gonna talk about the speaking part so that you can feel really confident when you do come onto a show of how to introduce yourself, how to just be yourself, all that jazz. So it's going to be a great time. We're doing this July 22nd. I'll have the link. I think I sent you the link. So yeah, it'll be in the, in the show notes for sure. Yes, that sounds so good and so valuable for everyone. And everyone can see how confident you are and how I'm sure they'll want to go follow you and check out all the things that you're doing. I'm so thankful that we had a conversation and we got to catch up. This was so amazing. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Jolene. Grateful for you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Waitressing to Wealth podcast. To support the show and show your gratitude, we would be so happy if you shared it with your friends and tagged us on Instagram at Jolene Stone. Subscribe so you never miss a valuable episode. 